Welcome to the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I've worked as a mentor, teacher, and content creator for empaths, intuitives, and entrepreneurs for close to 10 years. With over 2 million views on YouTube, I've spent the last five years specifically teaching empaths how to stop sacrificing their authentic creative desires, include themselves in the equation, and thrive. I believe empaths are the center of creative expression on this planet, and my purpose with this podcast is to spark your psychic desires and connect you to a deeper understanding of your human tech and its pivotal role in creating heaven on earth. We are all psychic, and as we heal our psychic intimacy with ourselves, we heal it with each other and enter into a new golden age, a renaissance. When empaths become sovereign in their creative power, we break the psychic bonds of mimic that have been on this planet for thousands of years and anchor in the infinite potential of humanity's creative urge. I call this the Underground Podcast because I believe this conversation thrives when it's shared by word of mouth. I don't rely on fancy marketing techniques or ads. Instead, I want this podcast to grow organically through people like you sharing it with the people you believe it would resonate with. Because of people like you, my podcast was in the top 10 most followed and most globally shared in 2022. So thank you so much for my first year. I feel so grateful for all of you guys. I know that together we can grow deeper into our human tech, break out of mimic and take back our sovereignty as creators. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. Today I am sharing with you last month's full moon live from my Abundance Matrix Mastermind. I'm live every month in my Abundance Matrix Mastermind and those videos are available on my public YouTube channel for about three days before they go into my YouTube membership. And this month I had a few people request that I keep it public longer and I had one person message me and said, I think this would be an amazing podcast. I feel like people are ready to hear this. And so I thought, perfect, I'll do it. So today, that is what I'm sharing with you. I would love to hear any thoughts or feelings you have that this um, this live might spark for you. And I really think that we're going through a massive time. You know, we talk a lot about the ascension symptoms. That's been something we've talked about for a long time, but you don't hear much about transmutation symptoms. And I think that on a deep level, that's what we're doing. That's what many of us are doing anyway. We are becoming something new. We are changing our state of being. And there's a whole, there's a lot of that happens in that. And actually this live made me want to dive even deeper into some of these transmutation symptoms. This live in particular is more general and some of the bigger themes. But I've realized as I started tapping into this that there's so much more to say. So please let me know if this topic interests you. If it sparks anything for you, you can leave um, you can leave comments actually in if you're on Spotify. I know you can actually leave comments about the podcast on it. So I would love to hear your feedback. And without further ado, here we go. Hey guys. Woohoo, I love seeing people already on when I pop on. Let me know if you can hear me, if all the tech is okay. And so many of you. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Dawn. Hi, Bianca. Hi, Dale. Hey, Chantel. Hi, Samantha. Hey, Lauren. Let's see. Hi, Kyler. Okay, good. You can hear me. Perfect. 
All right. <clears throat> I'm really excited for today's live 111 for you. Someone else said it was 222 their time. I love working with the times like this. It's fun. Um, <clears throat> today's live in particular, I have actually, it was for me. This is something that I channeled for me. And because I've been, I've had so many questions about just energetically what's going on, not just like astrologically, but energetically in our psychic, in our collective psychic algorithms. I think that we underestimate how powerful the collective is when, and also how powerfully social media is affecting the collective consciousness. It's changing so much. And there's so many intense energies. We're obviously at a very um, defining moment in time. There's so much on the horizon. There's so many things we don't know. There's so much fear mongering. There's also, you know, a very optimistic scenarios. So <clears throat> it's, it's a really interesting time to be highly sensitive, highly psychic. And in the um, announcement for today's live, I actually purposely put a spider in it because I feel like our spidey senses are at an all-time high. And it would behoove us all to really hone them because discernment is essential. Discernment and neutrality, in a sense. And I'll dive into all of this. But um, this this live, when I channeled it, really helped me. It, it answered a lot of questions for me. Or really just mainly um, helped solidify things and, and gave me a lot of clarity. So I hope it does the same for you as well. Um, hey, Brian. So I'm just going to take a couple deep breaths um, with you guys. Hopefully you'll do it with me and then I'll dive right in. So yeah, let's just center in our hearts <clears throat> and in our bodies. And if it helps you, as always, just imagine that your whole being is going into the center of your heart like a genie going into its lamp. And this is your space, your sovereign space, where your primal, unique imprint is made. This is a place of infinite possibility, infinite potential, where we can reset all algorithms, all timelines. We can also make new contracts with life from this space. So just allow yourself to be in that center and become aware of the resonance around you that's being projected from your heart, your auric field, essentially. Just feel it all around you. Notice how far it goes out or comes in. Pump it up with energy or visualizations where that feels good. And then as usual, if it's helpful for you, I want you to choose a color or a symbol that represents your energy, the way you want to show up in this conversation. Remember that we're all psychic and we all feel each other. And this is an underdeveloped area of our communion. So just become aware of how you are showing up, what you are imprinting in this conversation psychically. And just set this space apart as well, that for this amount of time while we're together, hold that energy signature that you wish to contribute to the conversation. 
All right. When you're ready, you can come back with me if you had your eyes closed. <clears throat> and hey, Cassandra. I also just wanted to say, in case I think all of you that are here pretty much already know that this is, um, so we I have some new people that are taking my Queen of Wands workshop. So they're in the um, Abundance Matrix Mastermind now. So I thought just in case it's confusing, this is not part of the Queen of Wands workshop. This is in the Abundance Matrix Mastermind. This is monthly. I'm here with the Full Moon Live. So, all right. I made notes. I made notes because um, I really wanted to to stay on topic today because this feels really important. So I've been asking about transmutation symptoms. You know, you, there's a lot of talk, or there was, especially a few years ago, a lot of talk about ascension symptoms. And um, I do think that is a word that is useful in many circumstances, but I actually feel like what is more relevant, a word that that represents more of what we're actually doing and what we're actually going through is transmutation symptoms and timeline jumping symptoms. And the reason I say this is because we are in the process of becoming something new. And the idea of ascension often implies we're going somewhere or we're leaving this space. But actually what I feel like is happening in terms of us and the work that we've been doing is that we are becoming more grounded on this earth and also raising our vibration. And in that we are transmuting a lot of these psychic algorithms and psychic patterns that have been alive in our fault lines or suppressed in our fault lines for an extremely long period of time, not just in our lives, but throughout human history. And I've talked a lot about grid work. I've talked a lot about <clears throat> as we witness and as we learn to apply the technique of witness, that that helps to uh, transmute these the trauma that has been imprinted on this planet and all the patterns that go along with it. So it's big, big, big work that we're doing. And it's so human at the same time. And really what has blown me away with it more than anything is that what we're being asked to do is to anchor in our creative will. And yet so many people's creative will, I would say the majority of people's creative will is tied up in shadow contracts, serving the lack matrix. And we don't even realize it half the time because we are, we're so conditioned to believe that's what we're supposed to do with our energy. So, as we get more grounded and as we witness ourselves more and witness each other more and get out of the patternings that we've been in that perpetuate lack and trauma, there's a lot that the physical vessel is going through. And this is because anytime we change a habit, the body has a reaction to it because we, are, we have a chemical makeup that includes our emotion. Our emotions dramatically affect our chemical makeup and vice versa. So as we are learning to tell a different story, we're giving this experience an entirely different meaning and we are utilizing our creative tech outside of the victim aggressor savior paradigm. We're not being preoccupied with winning or being the hero or saving or getting revenge, which is what the human story has been preoccupied with for thousands of years. So as we do this, there's a massive tower moment that's happening. It's not even just a moment. It's, it's going to continue and continue and continue. But there's a master tower effect happening in our collective psychic algorithms. And I've talked a lot before about how our 
is spiritually speaking, our beliefs get animated and we, the more we believe in them and the more people that believe in them, we give them power and those beliefs sort of govern us. And it, in spiritually speaking, it's, it has its own hierarchy and its own authority, its own spiritual power. So as we shift out of our old beliefs and anchor in new beliefs, which come through our new habits that we create, our new way of speaking, our new way of breathing, our new way of holding our body, um, our new thoughts, because we're not preoccupied with war, at least when we're, when we're in that, that space. <clears throat> I know we can go back and forth quite a bit which is also part of the alchemy, the alchemical process. Um, but as we do that, we there's massive principalities that are losing power in the spiritual realms. And that does and will and is playing out in the 3D grid. So there's, and of course, mainstream 3D grid, you're not going to get the behind the scenes spiritual information. That's what you have to tap into in your own self. And we have to learn to trust what we instinctually know. And not in the sense of what I feel like humans have been preoccupied with for so long is the doctrinal side of it. Like, what do we believe? And let's spell it out and then let's create religions around it and let's hammer it down and let's go to war with people who believe different than us. That's not what we're doing. And that's not at all what I mean when I say beliefs are changing. I mean, we are learning how our tech works. And so as we become more and more and more aware of it, naturally beliefs that that don't line up to the truth, the inalienable inherent truth of how our creative tech works will fall away. It just is a byproduct naturally of, of having a new understanding about how we work. And we begin, we begin to employ our creative tech in an entirely different way. And so there are major, major principalities that have had authority on this planet for thousands of years. And I mean that literally, I'm not just being hyperbolic. For thousands of years, these powers have been, had authority and have, have had authority through dominant resonance. And because of the anomaly of so many people waking up and, and no longer giving their power to these authorities, those authorities are naturally falling. And in the 3D world, those authorities have had extremely powerful algorithms and a powerful hold on the collective, on collective influence for a very, very long time. So as we have had this the onslaught, the onslaught of the internet and social media, and I, I keep talking about how relevant it is because it's part of what these symptoms that we've been experiencing, I think especially lately, there's a whole new level of symptoms that humans are going through that our ancestors had no idea about. And this is connected to receiving massive amounts of information at it levels and speeds that we have never, ever historically in our recorded history anyway, ever had. So I, I've, I've mentioned this before, and I want to mention it again. I read recently that um, the average person who uses social media today receives more information in one day than their ancestors 100 years ago did in their entire lifetime. So we have to take that into consideration. We are not in the same reality as our ancestors were. And we are having to deal with massive, massive, massive amounts of information that affects our bodies because information still has to be digested. Remember, the body, mind, and heart are intricately connected. So it matters what we are 
consuming and what comes into our field, not just our food, our physical, the physical things we consume, but especially the mental and emotional things that we consume because it affects our chemical composure. It, it, it affects everything about how we feel, which affects how we think and what we do and also what we trigger. Remember that emotions are contagious as well. So the internet has is this player in the game now that is like chaos magic. I did a whole podcast on this, um, if you want to listen to it. It's called Chaos Magic. But it's it's about how intricately the internet and social media is connected to chaos magic. And that it's this player in the game that is this very unpredictable element because you can throw things out really quick. And even if, let's say, it's false information that gets out or slander of people's character, which changes how we think about them, and then we find out it's not true or whatever, or it is true, doesn't really matter. But how in an instant, how we think and feel about someone or something can change drastically. And then because we are so rooted collectively in the victim aggressor savior paradigm in the survival game, anything that feels like a threat, we are automatically against and we start anchoring in. We Psychically, this is the thing I keep trying to really get through is how fast this happens psychically. Psychically, we have so, we are incredibly psychic first and foremost. Humans are incredibly psychic. And we have not been taught about that, how to use it, how it works. There's there's nothing collectively that we've agreed upon about that at all. So we have zero psychic etiquette in terms of collective. Um, we have zero idea of how powerfully our thoughts and emotions affect other people. Although, of course, science is catching up with it now, but I just mean historically, collectively. And so we have these really powerful psychic tentacles that are... It, this, this is what people call like in the shadow, the things that are in our subconscious mind, which, which is running the show. It's running, it's dominantly running the show, but it's the things we're unaware that we're doing and unaware that we're participating in. And so as soon as we decide, as soon as something feels unsafe to us, we automatically start looking for the bad guy. Who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Who can I trust? Who am I against? And because there's such a unknown element to all of this, this world right now. We don't, we truly don't know. I don't know if you guys can feel it. I'm sure you can. I have never in my life felt such a question mark about the future and, and such a, that it could go, like there's so many different ways it can go, not just this way or that way, but there's so many anomalies at play and there's so much that happens so quickly. Like I said, it's not like before where a dominant belief would take over and it would take hold for, you know, 30 years plus or sometimes less, but it would take a long time to undo because people accept it in and then have so much more time to make it a part of their identity. Whereas now it's changing like this constantly. And so it feels like there's a massive identity crisis that's happening. There's a lot of instability collectively where we just don't know what to trust and who to trust and what's actually going on. So there's a massive preoccupation to find out what's going on, who's the bad guy, who's the good guy. And there's also historic trauma. So as we do that, we're, we're all naturally, this is a very human thing, especially when we're very limited in our understanding of our creative tech. We're all naturally going to default to the thing that's most familiar with us, to us and the thing that is in terms of who we say the good guy is and who we say the bad guy is we all will make that decision based on what our personal experiences have been, which is why there can and never will be a unified governing body that we all agree is the good guy. And 
that's a massive part of what actually has to take place for us to completely wake up, for humans to really understand how their tech works and to quit giving their power essentially to AI. You could, I think it's interesting how there's this really um, powerful fear about AI and it taking over, but we don't realize that it already did. That's already what happened. So, like, and that's that's part of that collective um, belief structure, the multidimensional internet that our collective neural network has created, that has governed us, and that is has so powerfully governed us. It's had authority and dominance over our central nervous system, which that's how you can control anyone. Is you take you have to take control of their central nervous system, and that's how you can control what they do, or or how, or how they think, or what they're responding to. So this is all extremely important because there's everyone's going to experience this at a different level depending on where they are in their own journey and what they believe. But nonetheless, there's this massive choosing a side. You have to choose a side. This is what's happening collectively. You have to choose a side. You're either with us or you're against us, and we're going to war. We're at war. That's essentially what is at play right now. We are at war. And social media has been used is a primary tool being used in this war. And so, so many of us, even if we're the type that don't, that doesn't pay attention at all to politics or sides or whatever, we might be pacifists, we might just choose not to get involved. It doesn't really matter because we're all involved because this is changing the grid at a fundamental level. And I really believe that people like us, what we're doing it's what I keep talking about in terms of grid work is that we are creating neutral spaces. We're creating spaces for healing, which is regardless of the war that's going on, these are healing spaces. So it doesn't matter who you are or where, what side you chose or what side your ancestors come from. This is a neutral space for you to heal, not just heal because we have to move beyond healing. It's to transmute all of the programs and all of the algorithms that have been in our literally in our central nervous system for most of us for our entire lives and historically through our ancestors as well. So we are creating these spaces where instead of having to worry about who's right, who's wrong and surviving and and um, being against something and going to war, we are actually just saying, OK, I'm going I'm 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 actually exiting that game altogether. I'm exiting the victim, aggressor, savior paradigm. It's going to still influence me because I've been programmed with it at such a deep level. But as these things come up, as the programs come up, and as I as I experience things <clears throat> like anger, rage, injustice, major, major symptoms that people are feeling, even if you're staying out of like specifics, even if you don't know what you're angry about, anger, rage, and inju- that feeling of injustice has been sweeping over people in waves I mean, obviously our whole lives, but especially since 2020, the onslaught of 2020 is part of this massive triggering that's been going on for a while that amped up big time because we have to trigger the fault lines in order to allow the, the, the algorithms of them to be known to us. We have to, we have to know what's going on just because we may feel something like we may not feel angry in any given moment. When we do hit particularly rage, anger, and that feeling of injustice, that's what will lead us directly to where our most vulnerable fault line is, where we are doing the most transmuting. And I say vulnerable because it's where we are most um, likely to go to war. 
and war at this point, as we know, it doesn't matter what you're against. If you go to war, you're going to war with yourself, period. So, and with this reality. And so we just have to choose, do we want to be in war or do we want to go through the transmutation? That's really the choice that everybody is, is having to make. And we may feel war, that's going to come up, but it doesn't mean that we are participating in it. And this is where will come in. This is where we choose our will that inalienable right that we have to choose how we respond to what's going on and the meaning that we give it. So it's, it, it includes choosing how we respond to what we feel, because this is where most people are taken advantage of, is, is emotions are intentionally, and this, by the way, not, not as like a dark plot, although I think that plays out. There is a dark agenda and there are very, very dark things. And I think people are extremely naive not to realize that that's so real. I mean, look at history. Look at hit the history of wars on this planet. There's dark intentions and, and there has been from the beginning, especially when it comes to power and seeking power. And it all comes from fear. So I say that because, yes, it's dark. And, um, and I think that regardless of how dark something is or isn't, it's the dark, it's that feeling of not wanting to, or not, yeah, I mean, I think that that uh, polarity we have with dark, with the things that are in the dark, that often cause us to swing to one side or the other. And so I say that because uh, a big part of one of the places people get trapped, I think, I feel like collectively we get trapped is in the space of, of who's the bad guy and, and like um, getting stuck there because there's so many different scenarios. And now like with the, like I said, social media and how much information we have, it depends who the bad guy is, depends on what your perspective is, depends on what lens you're looking at the story through and what you're including in your understanding of what's going on. How how are you including the macro picture, the astrological, the extraterrestrial, the interdimensional, the spiritual, and the physical, or are you just looking at the physical? Because it will it will change who the bad guy is via how, how many layers you're understanding this game has been going on and for how long, and how, quite frankly, how sinister it can get when it comes to just having to win. And the thing that we do to manipulate good people, so to speak, people who would never normally go to war, is through injustice. That's that's how we get people hooked into the war. And that's how we get people to sacrifice. It's how we get people to do things that are against their principles, that they wouldn't want done to them. But but if it's if we're defending ourselves or if it's because these people are horrible people and if we don't stop them it'll keep going then suddenly we justify doing things that we would never want done to ourselves and this is where the the whole understanding of that we're all connected it's part of the the new neural networks they're getting formed that we're understanding and social media is helping us to understand that how connected we all are and that anything anything that you are justifying doing you are justifying it to be part of the game. You are voting for it. You're saying this is okay. This tactic I'm voting for as an option of, of tactics for this game and the game I'm interacting with. And therefore any player in this game to play out. Whether And what we get stuck in when we're in duality is, well, if my side's right, then I should be allowed to use these tactics, even if they might be tactics I would normally never use. 
But if but if you're wrong, you're not allowed to use those tactics. It's not how it works. You either use the tactics or you don't. He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. If you're using that tactic, you are saying it's okay in my game and in the reality that I'm creating. This is a tactic. I'm okay with being a part of it, of it being a part of my reality. So you're giving permission for that tactic to be done to you. So that's why it's a time and social media helps us see this so powerfully because of the things that people say and do online, which they would normally never do face to face with anybody. It really helps you see what people justify when they feel wronged or if they feel right. So that's a big part of what's getting transmuted at the deepest level. And so what I feel like for us as empaths and as highly sensitive psychic beings, we are, as we're in the middle of it, and especially because in injustice in particular is such a massive trigger for empaths. Injustice is the thing that will get an empath to vote for sacrifice and 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 go to war. And that you always have to get the empath to do it or else nothing changes because I, as I've said so many times, empaths hold it together. They hold together the entire grid of the victim aggressor savior paradigm because it's ultimately systemically based on the empath narcissist dynamic. And so that's what's psychically going on in that grid, the grid of lack is there's this, the empath narcissist dynamic and that war that they're in, which is ultimately us being at war with our power. So that as, as we are shifting out of that whole game, using our creative will to say, no, I don't want to participate in that game. It's massive anomaly. And most people, especially anyone around us or online, especially that are invested in winning and invested in the game, will see this active anomaly as, some people think it's crazy. Some people think it's massively pacifist. Some people think it's massively irresponsible. Like there's this, there's this very strong energy of you have to choose a side. And it's, 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 it can feel difficult to not be influenced by that. We are influenced by it in ways that we don't even understand. And that's why becoming more and more and more aware of what our motives are and why we're doing what we're doing, what's underneath it, what the shadow contract is underneath it helps to dissolve all these algorithms that have been at play for a very long time. And it is falling. It's changing. I can feel it. I, I can feel, at least in me, because I know that I've just shifted massively on in terms of my um, like mental engagement with life and, and what is motivating what I do and how I see things. So I don't go to war the same way that I used to. I still feel the war. I still get massively triggered. I still feel rage at certain injustices that I witness, but I don't allow those emotions to influence me to sacrifice or to, okay, I'm getting involved in the game, which I've seen the version of me in the parallel timeline that went to war. And I am so grateful. I am not her. I am so grateful. I am not hell bent invested in the war. Um, and in winning, and I, I and I, are, I, maybe one day I'll talk about that version of me because I've seen her so clearly because she's was this close to being who I am today. Um, so I wanted to talk about some of these symptoms. I said all that to kind of give you like a a deeper understanding of what we're going through. It's massive. It's massive. It's massive. It's massive. And we still have this perfectionist programming, and we still have this success idea that we've been a lot of us, at least in the like industrialized world has or the modern world has we've we've been in 
program deeply with this idea of being successful and what it means to be good and having to prove and blah, blah, blah. That's a whole different part of the war, but it's how you don't become a target of the war because you did it right or you're good or you're successful or whatever. So we were dealing with never before have we had as much information as we have now at our fingertips about how to be successful, how to how things work, blah, blah, blah. But we also have massive, massive fault lines being triggered that are triggering us into the sacrifice. So for an empath in particular, and especially for psychic empaths, which we all are, but people who have heightened psychic sensibilities, it I have never in my life felt anything like I feel it now when you when I tune into just the collective psychic grid, which I don't do often, but I, of course, touch in because it influences me and all of us so powerfully. It influences the tide and the tide is massively influenced by the internet, just how fast things can move. Again, whether true or not true, whether contextual or out of context, it's people change their mind and change their are, are changing their minds like this so quickly. So one day it can feel like things are getting established in one way and then it just shifts and all of a sudden it feels different because on a literal level, the collective psychic grid, it it keeps going, it keeps getting like shifted back and forth between the principalities that have been getting tight, like locking down tight on some major influencers on the grid, which are not necessarily influencers online, but they affect influencers online. And then there's, then it switches and there's all this awakening happening and people are seeing through stuff. And so it's like cracking. So there's all this crack. And so then it's like people are making decisions very quickly as well and changing course very quickly, maybe having a lot of momentum in one way and then massively shifting. And I'm saying every, this is happening with everybody, but it is especially happening with powerful influencers. And like I said, the most powerful influencers on the grid are people who have a strong resonance and whose resonance because they've learned to hone their will. They've learned to like their will be done. Like it's that staff in the ground, like the Gandalf thing, you know, that kind of the people who can hone their will. Those are the people with the strongest influence, especially if you believe your you believe yourself and you believe in what you're doing. It's powerful, whether for good or for ill. So that that creates powerful um, signals in our collective consciousness, which influences, again, so many people and how they think and feel and what they do, which changes the whole algorithms. So the people that have the strongest resonance dominance are influencing the grid the most powerfully. And the ones who are most affected by the ones that have the strongest resonance are usually empath, neurodivergent people, and just people who like to keep the status quo as well. They, they, they're all different, but it's they're all highly suggestible, having maybe different reason, reasons and different motives for choosing what they choose. But empaths in general usually serve the master. They serve the strongest dominance in the room. So whether we even realize it or not, we are being influenced by the strongest resonance dominance. I see these as the sorcerers that are behind the scene that are actually doing real magic that have known how this has worked for a long time. You could say this is it's connected to the occult, but this is people that have known how it's worked for a long time. They are the ones influencing things behind the scene in a conscious way. And people who are psychic and sensitive are being massively influenced by it, but not necessarily knowing where these powers are coming from because they're hidden. They're hidden in plain sight, but they're hidden. So us, the work that we're doing in terms of 
taking sovereignty, like a lot, our lot, activating our sovereignty, activating our will, knowing what our will is, choosing our will, getting free from shadow contracts, consciously choosing what, what we want, and then working with our emotions as they come up. Because again, we're making really powerful principalities fall. And so there's a lot happening in the physical vessel and that's affecting us in a massive way. So I want to get, I want to get into some of these symptoms. And one, I already mentioned with the anger, rage, and the intense emotions that come up. And they may even swing back and forth too, between anger and rage. And then we get moments of clarity and have like joy and peace. But the mind of the human, the average human who has been programmed with this idea that we have to be right and we have to win and we have to succeed. We have to be successful. We have to make money. We have to look really good. We have all the bullshit just that we've been programmed with that we believe makes us have worth. That is majorly colliding with all these principalities that are shifting. And what I'm, what I'm seeing is that the transmutation process, the alchemical process that has been instigated is like, Imagine when fall comes and the leaves die and fall off the tree and then we go dormant and then in spring we bloom again. There's a death process and us feeling like we need to win and be right and be successful often is the energy that's actually resisting the death that we are meant to go through. And death doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily beautiful. It is in its own way if we can appreciate it, but especially as we're dying to old ways of being. Our bodies are literally changing because everything's changing about what's happening in our psychic grid. Um, and that, especially more than anything, the emotions that are coming up from all of these fault lines that are getting triggered, that are that are triggering powerful emotions in people, not only their own, but historical emotions from war that is, like I've said so many times, that has been the dominant resonance on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. The god of war has been the god that's been in charge of this planet, that's been the most dominantly influenced the collective consciousness of this of the planet we've been on. What we're actually doing is shifting to a different planet, is how I see it. But nonetheless, there's this um, powerful alchemy that's happening in the body. And I feel like a lot of us end up going to war with that alchemy because we feel we still have to keep up with the world. We have to, we live in the monetary world. We still have to make money. Social media is a powerful way where we compare ourselves to other people. And if it doesn't look like it does for somebody else, or we get information so fast. So before we can even integrate something that we've learned that may really be for us, that's meeting us at a certain level of consciousness, we learn something else that makes this null and void. And then rather than finishing the integration of this, we almost make this like, oh, wrong and bad, or oh, that was when I was stupid, and now I'm so much wiser. And we actually still don't integrate. That part of us still exists, and all that's happened is the chapter didn't get fully closed, and now we're judging that aspect of us. And so we don't like fully close out cycles because we have this onslaught of information that's been dr being driven by this fear of being left behind, of not being good enough, of not being successful, of getting taken advantage of a lot. That's a huge fear right now. Who's taking advantage? Is the government taking advantage? Like who and what is taking advantage of us? Is it the tech people? Um, there's so much just uncertainty about what's going on. And so rage and anger and all of these emotions that maybe coming up for you at any given time, it's important to look at them within context and not judge yourself as, remember, we're not our emotions, but even judge like, oh, this means something in any, 
any anything significant about my worth, how I feel in any given moment, and especially if we're feeling hatred. I, I've that word has come up for me as I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. We were just talking about I, I've I've been feeling it, and she was saying she has too, just waves of hatred coming up, hatred for for certain things in the world, hatred for certain dynamics for certain people, like just an intense hatred, and. If we stop and judge ourselves there, rather than seeing this is a part of the transmutation, and I'm meant to let it all the way out, not to judge it at all, but to fully express it within a context that is safe. And obviously, um, if we're if we're choosing if we're not choosing war, then in in a way that's not instigating more war, but it's part of these these emotions like rage, anger, hatred. They're part of what instigates the alchemical process because it's fire that we're ultimately getting transmuted with. Fire transmutes and purifies. So we're in the fire and the and, and emotions like anger, rage, and hatred are the fuel like for the fire. So And that's going on the grid. Massive amounts of hatred and anger, all justified, but for all different people in all different ways based on our own individual stories. There's not like one bad guy that we're all uniting against. And that's the, the, the kind of elementary way we've been looking at this for so long. And that's why you see this major split between like religion and the secular world. And it, in terms of the political war, in many ways, those are the two factions that are at war with each other. And it's so it's there's in everyone who's been programmed in each different way with their each different experience or having massive symptoms come up that are collect that are connected to the algorithms of that war. So we have to have a lot of grace and a lot of witness for ourselves, which I keep talking about. But it's so important because otherwise we just get tossed back and forth by all the whims that are going on right now. And remember, we have a tiny bit of the information. So it's actually really impossible to make a clear assessment about who the good guy and who the bad guy is anyway, because we don't have full context. All of us are looking at it through a very like limited angle. And even we might be expanding it. But until we truly see that we're all connected and we're all one, and ultimately I am you and you are me, even though we're two different expressions of that same thing, we can't get to like it's too difficult to have that understanding and be in such massive conflict with each other that's what's causing such intense polarity and such intense it necessary by the way and essential like emotional purging that's coming up it needs to happen it is part of what's being asked for, what's been asked for. And everybody plays a role in that. That's why we can't ultimately judge even the people that are instigating war. They're part of this whole thing that we've been asking for, which is liberation from lack. And sometimes it's not until things heat up and cause us to have to change because we've gotten so extremely comfortable in the algorithms of lack. They're just what we know. They're familiar to us. We know how to survive within them. So it, this, these, these emotions are, they're forcing us to have to get out of those algorithms. And some people are choosing that anomaly and other people are anchoring more down into the war and everyone's playing their part in this alchemical process. So part of, I, I feel like part of what can help 
um, access neutrality is just to remember that, to take that, go to the bird's eye view, but we have to do both, go to the bird's eye view and then go to the most unique personal experience of it because that's what we're dealing with. Our unique personal vessel is the one that has to be transmuted. The programming in our vessel is the thing that we are in charge of transmuting. We, we're not in charge of anyone's else, anyone else's transmutation process. We're not, I don't, I've said this a million times, but it's not about voting for the right ideology to suddenly be in charge and that's going to fix everything. It's internal work, period. It's internal work. So this, this our, ourselves should be our biggest focus. And this is where a lot of the war comes in because it's selfish, especially for empaths. We've been programmed with this idea that it's selfish to focus on ourselves. So we've most of us have spent our entire lives looking outside of us. Who do we need to fix? Who do we need to save? What problems do we need to solve? Who do we need to be for? Who are we against? Who do we serve? And we haven't been in the equation for the most part. Not our, not to the extent that our physical vessel and the energy that we are projecting from our physical vessel is of number one importance above all else, above anybody else, because that's my vote. So if I'm not including myself in the equation, I'm not including humanity in the equation, which means I'm not for humanity which means I may be unwillingly and unknowingly a part of an agenda that is that is voting for the extinction of humanity. And that's the thing we have to get very, very clear about. Are we for our humanity or not? That's where we're making a lot of decisions. And so, so much of what's coming through, thinking of yourself as like, in a sense, the as you witness yourself, as you witness all the emotions that come up, you're the only one that has the most intimate access to what you're feeling and what you're going through, what you're thinking and what it's what it's like uh, instigating within you and what kind of emotions. Like for me, the hatred coming up a lot and then feeling guilty about how much hatred I feel in, in moments. But I've actually, especially talking to my friend the other day, really helped because it's that reminder of, it's okay. A lot of us are feeling this and we're not, it doesn't mean we are hateful people. We are not the hate, but the hate is coming up for a very, because it needs to be transmuted. It needs to be transmuted. And so just really, as you witness yourself and witness your emotions, imagine that you are your own guide, you know, like you're reviewing your life, that your, your whole purpose is to help you integrate and understand and allow and surrender rather than fix and solve and be successful and be enough and prove something. It changes everything when when the motive is different. So yeah, anger, rage, hatred being one of the symptoms. Um, another thing that I feel like is a symptom, at least this is one of mine, and I feel like this is true for some of my clients that I've been working with and also friends that I've talked to as well, but not really feeling attached to anything. I don't know if this is coming up or maybe having moments of feeling strong attachment, but then ultimately feeling like there's nothing to attach to because things are changing so quickly and, and especially not feeling attached to a certain reality because the outcome as a whole, whatever the outcome of the future is, is feels like such a question mark. And like I said, it changes all the time. And I think part of why we are seeing this is because ultimately there's not one outcome that's destined for everybody. There's an infinite amount of outcomes that we're all going to play out, like have our own individual outcome that's based on our choices and the resonance and the and our will, what we choose. So there's an infinite amount of space and there's plenty of space for 
you to live out your reality and my, me to live out mine. And that's part of our tech that we're learning to understand so that we don't go to war over space either, over this idea that only some, only one reality can exist. We already know like how many people are on this planet and how many different experiences are being had right now. Even while someone might be experiencing the worst thing in their life right now, being murdered or killed or raped or anything. And we are here doing this. We're all living in this world but we're having entirely different experiences. And we've been at war with that idea for so long. And this is another part of what the internet is helping us to see. When you're just, when you have no technology and no connection to the outside world, what is right in front of you, you feel like, and you believe it is the world. And it, it's not until you expand and get to see there's different people and different beliefs and different cultures and different, different types of personalities that are all experiencing different things. That's also what has helped us understand, oh, there is an infinite amount of realities. It's self-evident. It's just that historically, and remember, our ancestors even 100 years ago didn't have the kind of access to understand that the way we do now. So it's much easier, easier for us to be able to understand these topics, but to integrate them is an entirely different thing because integrating and in, is, is where we actually take those, those that new way of being takes hold in the physical vessel and then it emits a different frequency that changes the algorithms on the planet and that's what's happening right now that's why there's so much shifting going on um another thing is that it, i think it's connected with this um not really seeing an outcome is one of the things that i feel is going on really strongly in our grid is powerful like moments of such powerful clarity where it's like you can just you just feel at peace because you know all is well and and also that excitement that comes with knowing that there truly is way more that's unfolding and a, a new arc to the human story if we're not just going to do the same old bullshit some people are but you wouldn't be a part of this conversation if that's what your soul was urging for there's we're we're, we're we are at the dawn of the arc of humanity's story where humanity wakes up from the victim aggressor savior paradigm and chooses something different with our technology. We choose to use our creative tech consciously and in a different way. And we no longer, the impetus for what we create is no longer about winning, saving, fixing, solving. It's about true, authentic, creative urge. And that's when we get to see who we truly are and what our true motives are and what our, just what our essence of our soul is. It's a whole different part of the game that's coming online. And it's why I keep saying it's connected to the Renaissance. And I think there's a massive Renaissance happening and it's a technological one and not just like tech, 3D tech, but human tech. We're learning to do art with our human tech, it, art of the art of communion, the art of like Rachel Jensen called it social art, which is what I, I love that whole saying. But the idea that we are learning to be differently with each other, we're learning to relate with each other outside of the victim aggressor savior paradigm. And you can only do that when you're sovereign. You cannot have true communion with anybody unless you're sovereign. Because as long as you believe that there's a hierarchy and that some people have power over you and, so, and that you have to work your way and prove something, then your preoccupation with all of your creative tech is anchored into the victim aggressor savior paradigm. It's anchored into sacrifice. It's anchored into winning. So we, we really can't experience who we could be if we're preoccupied with that game. And so because of this, this this 
sort of disconnection of our psychic tentacles from lack and we're anchoring into a new game and understanding that there's a whole different way of being that we could access if if we truly want to and i think that our creative urge is saying yes to that i think we're having moments of at least again for me this is true moments of total clarity and and just like excitement unlike i've ever felt about the future and and I can see it. I have moments of seeing at least my future and the world I'm stepping into. And and I feel how, how much it's getting anchored down. And I just feel like oh, like that sense of pure liberation from lack. And then I'll get triggered into the war paradigm. And I'll feel in my algorithms the dominance of, of lack. And even though I know mentally that another place exists, the thing that's dominating my vibration is lack. And so I'll feel when I'm, when I go into those moments, especially after having so much clarity, when I, if I bounce back into this space, it can feel, it does feel like the most depressing, like state of despair. It, because it just feel what I feel like in that grid, if I didn't have any other sort of belief about what is, and I just believed in the victim aggressor savior paradigm, and that's all that was true to me when I step into those moments, it is a bleak, tragic space to be because there really is no reprieve. All that exists is just another form of power taking over the grid that's even more powerful than the one before and a deeper form of slavery happening to humans. That's what that world is. And it is playing out. It, it is its own reality that will play out. And that's why, again, it's all about the individual sovereignty. That's where we have to take authority. And then we don't participate. We don't use our creative energy energy to participate in that game. So if you've been experiencing major like clarity followed by despair, I think that's part of the symptoms we're going through. And even in alchemy, you know, you separate things out and then they get purified and purified and purified and then you put them back together. And so there's this when you're purifying and separating out, it can feel like going back and forth, swinging back and forth. It's all part of the alchemy ultimately. So nothing is wrong here. It's just what meaning are we giving it? And I just I'm, I'm hoping that all of this is helping you just have a lot more grace for yourself and for others and to see this from outside of the victim aggressor savior paradigm. Um, and then I feel like if you're having a genuine question mark about your future, like you're like seeing where, who you are in the future, so to speak, I feel like it can be very difficult to see the future right now because as we dissolve this victim aggressor savior paradigm, all the things that we've been programmed to believe, this is how I'll, it'll look and when I'm at this age and at this age and at this stage of my life, that we've just been, it's just been programmed into us to assume that that's how we live out our lives. Because that's dissolving and a whole new us is coming online, a, a, a version of us, by the way, that we haven't truly seen. We don't have any archetypes in our like modern society that have truly transmuted and and stepped into their new self i'm sure there are people on the planet i know there are people who have but i mean in terms of collective in terms of of, of someone showing us the way that we, that we're looking to it's very much an individual thing it's an individual process and so it can be difficult to see your future self because at least for me whenever i look at if i'm looking at my future self trying to find it through the lens of all the stories i used to tell and and who I was told I should be by this time or this time or this time, it's just dissolving. It's just completely dissolving. It's difficult to see because who we are is new. 
And what we're anchoring in is new. And so what spirit told me as I was um, channeling this is just that the now is the most powerful moment. And the now is all we have. And I don't think we're actually meant to be like we have to have a vision of the future, meaning what I feel really strongly is the energy we're anchoring into. That's the astral priming that we're doing. We're, We're anchoring in principles. We're anchoring in ways of being, ways of communing with ourselves, others in the planet. And that's like, that's the future in a sense, like that we're, we're paving the way for that. But the future is actually in reality now. It's now and now is all that exists. And so I, I think we are along with dissolving the victim aggressor savior paradigm. I think we're meant to dissolve the idea of a future and anchor in the future in the now. So what we're all we're doing is calling in all that we long for, that we truly long for, and anchoring it in now. And again, this is can be a very difficult thing to do when you're at the phase of, at least for me, again, this I know we're all in different phases, but I feel like a lot of us are around the same age here, or at least close. And I know for me, it's been really interesting because I have felt like like what the world sets you up for in your 40s and then 50s. and It's like it almost, in terms of what the world says, it's just like you retire and then you kind of, you know, whatever. I don't know, like slowly decline. But I feel like there's this whole new thing coming online that is so vibrant and so huge. And it's connected to the crone phase. It's connected to all of the treasures that are there, which is massive witness You've learned your lesson. So when you like, if we were to truly integrate our crone, that aspect of us has integrated or has already, um, we no longer have to choose what we did in our youth, for example, or in our ignorance because we've learned. And so we actually have the opportunity at this stage. And I say this stage as if it's one stagnant stage, but I, I believe we pass through these stages on a daily basis. But when we're in the, 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 phases where we are in our more wise self and we've integrated a lot of our lessons. And so we, we can actually invest our wisdom that this is the stage where we truly step into our inheritance. And it, I really believe that it's the most abundant, the most full of vitality, the most, um, it can be the most powerful stage we can be in, but society has robbed us of even seeing what that is because there's been no hope for the future because humanity has been enslaved and been doing the same bullshit for thousands of years. So we haven't seen the true crone phase. We haven't seen the, like his, like collectively, we haven't actually seen what it looks like to fully step into your inheritance where you are truly like the sovereign of your your kingdom, your reality. And you're done with the bullshit because you that's why you came here to learn all that and you've integrated it. But I guess what I'm saying is there's I think that there's this this really like powerful question mark about the future and I think we're meant to have it and we're meant to not know and we're meant to surrender, not to go to war, not to make our will ha- like or our outcome how, who we want in office or who we see fit for this, or who we have to make it happen. Let's fight for this. And let's give a bunch of money to the same bullshit programs that have been fucking us over for decades, for millennia, really. Like I have never seen through it the more than I do now in terms of like, whoa, this is nonsensical. This is such bullshit. And I know it, it still has its place because we're playing out that we still, there's so many things that still have to play out. So it's a part of our reality and however we choose to, 
allow it to fizzle out for us is we all have to make that decision individually. And I think it's, it should be made very instinctually as well. But nonetheless, the, the space that we're actually stepping into truly is realizing that nothing has power over us. Nothing ultimately has power over us unless we give it. And we give it through permission, through our beliefs. And so if something has, has dominance or power over us that doesn't feel good, we need to find what belief do I have that's giving permission for this power and how can I change this belief? And then make our entire focus about changing that belief. And changing a belief requires things to feel very uncomfortable because most beliefs, especially beliefs in lack, are held in through fear, guilt, and shame because of the victim-aggressor-savior paradigm. And so we never get free because we don't actually believe that we think that if we were to change our belief or do something different, that would make us wrong or bad, or we're not allowed, or we're not worthy. And and that's where the spiritual influence and like the being a good person, which is still very much in the secular world, look at look at socially, like the politics online. It doesn't matter whether someone's spiritual and, and approaching it from a spiritual or religious landslide or landslide, <laughs> like lens, or if they're just totally secular and science, it's still about who's the superior, better person, who's better, who's, who's more ethical, who's doing it right. It's the same war. It's the same bullshit. And I think that it's like, we have to, we have to, we have to see through it. We have to see that it's the same thing going on in terms of dynamics, in terms of what's happening in our collective consciousness, in terms of we are seeing, we're getting the opportunity to see how nonsensical the victim aggressor savior paradigm is and how we have an opportunity to discover who we are outside of that. What if we, what if we just did something new? What if we told stories outside of that paradigm? Can we, what kind of stories do you tell when you're sovereign? So, and I really think this is the, the realm of the mystic. This is where we anchor in a whole new way of relating to our creative technology. And that's where there's so much massive change happening. And because of all these principalities falling, remember, lack is still always at play. So what happens when principalities fall in lack is just new powers take hold. But they're still, if it's still in the victim aggressor savior paradigm, it's still in lack. So a lot of change can happen. And a lot of things that were previously suppressed will no longer be suppressed. And then a lot of things were, were free and not suppressed get suppressed. That's all that happens. And then eventually those things, it's like holding a ball underwater. They've been suppressed for too long. Those people have been suppressed for too long. So they rise up, they go to war with the principalities, the principalities change, and the power changes hands. That's what's been happening on our planet for thousands of years. So what we're talking about in the arc of the story is actually jumping out, liberating ourselves from that whole system. And that whole system is held in place by the belief ultimately that there's not enough. So that's the first place to begin to change your belief where the biggest anomaly can occur is what if there is enough? What if I am enough? What if we are enough? What if there's enough? What do we do when there's enough? It doesn't mean all of our ego games aren't going to play themselves out because we've been programmed with this idea of having to win, be on top, who's in charge, who gets influence, who gets power. So there's a preoccupation with it. But what I am saying this whole time, what I keep saying, what Spirit keeps saying to me is that sovereignty is where it's at. And the, the, our strongest vote is in our own beliefs because in our real beliefs, not our ideology. I keep needing to make that distinction. Our beliefs are not our ideology. 
Our beliefs are the things that have been created through experience that our experience has taught us. And that's why when someone tells us it's not true, it feels like gaslighting because it is. Just because you had a different experience doesn't mean my experience isn't valid and it's not real. And I, my experience caused me to have certain beliefs. Now, what we're doing is challenging those beliefs and saying, yes, that is one conclusion I can come to. But what if I had a new experience? Could it cause me to have a new belief? So am I open to a new experience? And this is where all the discomfort that we're experiencing is. There's so much discomfort here. And so I want to just remind us that as we're feeling all these things, just to recap, we're experiencing a massive amount of information that's changing us on a physiological level. It's changing our um, how we interact with energy and people. It's changing quickly. We're seeing th through things quickly. Fear is gets spread around quickly. Um, same with joy all of them but we're really realizing how much we can get just tossed back and forth by every whim of emotion that people have especially through the conduit of social media and how we interact with that and what we do with that and what we're how we are caring for our own energy and remember heaven on earth which is what i believe we're establishing that's truly who we are outside of the victim aggressor savior paradigm we're outside of war so heaven on earth to me is a calm central nervous system and communion with life. That's heaven on earth. And that's the thing we're anchoring in. And so as you feel all these comfortable, uncomfortable things, and no matter what beliefs start coming up and what thought patterns hold you hostage in terms of whether you're good or bad or doing it right or doing it wrong or doing enough, allow yourself to have a calm central nervous system. Take a deep breath. Every time I say that, I feel like I need to because I talk 500 miles an hour. Take a deep breath and allow yourself to be present to the moment. Allow yourself to, to imagine even, who am I when I'm in communion with myself, with others in the planet? Who am I when I'm in communion with my body in particular? And this is where I want to leave us, is that the body is our tool. The body's the wand. Um, my friend Dale says, the body's the vision board. And I love that. Like what we do with our body is everything. And this for empaths has, have, has often and historically been the thing that we neglect the most, how we feel, how we feel in our physical vessel. What we're doing with our physical vessel will often um, sacrifice our mental and emotional health, which affects our physical health. And it's why we, we sort of always feel this, we can feel trapped in the body or like we're always trying to escape the body. So making heaven on earth is making our physical vessel, our sanctuary, making it our temple and truly having communion with it. So how we make decisions and what we do when we put our body first and foremost, which war doesn't do that. War war takes the human body as completely indispensable. It doesn't matter how many people are killed. It doesn't matter what you do to your physical body. Um, it doesn't matter as long as you win and these people win. And so that ideology can live beyond you. You get used as a pawn for certain gods to rule on this planet basically is what happens. And so when we take up sovereignty, we're saying, no, my physical vessel will not be used for anything other than peace, joy, pleasure, excitement, art. So if this is robbing my central nervous system of peace, then it is not for me. And sometimes it's just that we have to take a deep breath and then reapproach what we're doing through peace. Because it doesn't mean peace doesn't mean we don't take action. We are creating. We're creators. And we're including the body, which means we're including vitality and we're including our sexuality because that's our creative energy. So I see us anchoring in more to art and more to our sexuality. It doesn't not. I think some of the highest forms of art, too, is psychic 
creative art that is the deepest psychic psychic intimacy is the deepest levels of psychic psychic intimacy i'm actually rewriting my whole psychic intimacy chapter of the king of wands workshop because i've just gotten so many new downloads when i wrote it originally it was just like what came to me and now i've integrated it on an entirely different level and i've just been really aware of how intimate we are psychically with each other and i think when you wake up from at least for me as i've wake up from the principalities of lack, I feel extremely violated actually. And it's, I, I understand how fear, guilt, and shame come in because when we really realize how intimate we are with lack, how, how deeply we let it into our most sacred vessel, which is our temple, I think it's, it, it can be extremely, um, I don't know, sobering, I guess, to realize how, used we've been and yet how we've participated in it in many ways willingly just simply because of the programming so i i don't say that to make anyone feel fear or i mean or guilt especially but just as a reminder that as we disentangle our creative psychic intimacy from lack a lot of shame can come up because the more sovereign i get the more i realize whoa i i can't it's like realizing that you've let someone completely take advantage of you and you you just let it happen you know that's that's kind of what it has felt like to me although i don't have guilt about it ultimately because i understand the programming but in moments i do in moments i feel shame about about how the me that like i said in the beginning of this the me the parallel version me who anchors into the war um i get why like in a sense you you psychically feel like a prostitute because you, you're just letting whatever whatever the most powerful resonance or dominance on the planet intimately access your code your deepest like most intimate code and it's extremely violating it's extremely violating but we just don't realize it so this is big work is all I want to say. I know I talked over a little bit. This is big, big work. And I, I just want you to witness yourself and not judge yourself. I want you to witness others and not judge others. And I want that for me too. And at, in the midst of all that, we're feeling so much. And if anger or rage or hatred or any of those emotions come up, embrace them fully without any guilt, without any judgment, because they're part of the instigation of the transmutation. And remember, it's fire that we're working with here. So allow the fire to burn away everything that is not you so that you, you can become the most you version of you you've ever been. This is the arc of the human story. And I'm so excited to see what we create in this new renaissance of our creative tech. So I hope this was helpful, you guys. I just want to look. Oh, my gosh, there's a lot of talking. I wasn't seeing the chat. Um, if any of you have to jump off, it's totally fine. But I do want to read some of these because the Mighty Network doesn't save it. So if I don't look at it, I don't see what you guys said. Um, let's see. Wow, I, I didn't know you guys were talking so much. My thing was like stuck on the top. So I thought I didn't realize that there was so much going on in the chat. Um, algorithms, the prefix algo means sadness and pain. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Rhythm is a repeated pattern. So clearly breaking free of the repeated pattern of sadness and pain is key. Yes. Ooh, I love that. That is so interesting. Yeah, because it's a rhythm and it, it's, it's a rhythm that has held hold of us for a long time. And it's even in our central nervous system, in our chemical makeup. So it is an algorithm. Um, 
can feel it through the weather as well and the way it has been fluctuating. Yes, I've talked a lot about weather and how much our emotions and our psychic energy influences weather. So we're going to continue to see massive weather changing in weather patterns. Um, there's a really limited view about what's happening around that. And that's why it's important that we activate our like our mystical instincts because, or our human tech, just put it that way, because I think we'll understand weather patterns a lot more clearly in that sense. Um, oh my gosh, Amanda, your clarity and ability to articulate is such a breath of fresh air. I'm so glad. Often our worst parts created the pieces we love most. Oh yeah, that is so true. And it's why there's so much, it can be so confusing to go through the transmutation process because we're so used to having to make something wrong and something good and shame something and make something bad about ourselves that, that that's why we never get to full integration because we're not meant to be in a state of judgment. That's not how we integrate. We have to be in witness. Um, although judgment has its place, of course, this is so accurate. So I'm glad to hear that we can be angry and hating when we care again, love and hatred are inseparable. Yes, yes, yes. Better late than never. I get to be here live. Yay. I'm so glad you made it, Wendy. Um, the question mark is a great symbol to be using to remind myself not to jump into the judgment of good and evil. Yes. And also remember, this is another part I didn't say, but we're jumping timelines all the time because, when we collectively make a different decision, things are collectively like the dominant collective vibration is changing a lot, like kind of back and forth. So we're jumping timelines a lot. And I think that's a, a lot of these symptoms are because of that. We're, we're actually jumping timelines. We just don't realize it. Um, even though there's some crazy drama in my personal life, a few days ago, I suddenly started to feel giddy excitement and total freedom, right? I have been feeling that so much on and off for quite a while, honestly, but more and more and more it's building. Like I just have this, I don't have any idea what's going to happen, but I am, I feel so, so much expectancy and excitement for the world that, that, that is getting anchored in at least the one I'm stepping into. Um, new games away from against thinking towards for creation. War is against something. We are distracted from creation when we're stuck in a projection. Yes. Yes. And that's a, that's just one of the distinctions that I keep trying to make is that, being against something really is there to show us what we're for. And as soon as we are, as soon as we know what we're against, we need to discover what we're for so that we can put all our energy in what we're for, not in what we're against. That's how we build the new world. Um, it's because we're being present as a collective. Yes. Individual together. Paradoxical. Yes, yes, yes. Whoa. I'm so glad you guys were so involved in this. It makes me happy. Like though I know there's a lot of like yes I get it. I'm I'm just kind of reading through the through the ones that you guys have like said something um, money worth etiquette of today will not be will not survive money worth etiquette and there might be like a glitch in there that I'm not getting but it will be down it will be downgraded to its strongest potential as a tool not a belief yeah I think what you're saying is just how how much money's going to change in the game as we as we change as we change our belief about it and as we change our belief about power as we understand power is really creative energy that's where that is the ultimate money. I think our understanding of money is going to change quite drastically and of course the 3d systems have to and will and are falling it's just it's just what's happening um Yes, tell the stories. The future will access these stories. Yes, it's astral priming. That's what Rachel Jensen calls it, um, the new stories. It's time to get out of the storyline of the hero's journey. Yes, 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 and reframe reality. 
ego. We are asked to dismiss the ego when it wants to provide us optimal potential for what we invest in. Change the investment and the ego will double down on it. I misunderstood the role of the ego. We train in protection, not creation. Yep, totally. The ego in the lack matrix is just trained to self-protect. And it doesn't really understand um, in terms of when we're in that paradigm, the creative the the our creative tech and what our ego's role is in our creative tech the ego is really meant to help us to um navigate through the body's urges and the body itself is like i think millions of years in the process this is like source coming into manifestation through urge for millions of years in your physical vessel it's pretty cool actually um creative psychic art watching artists create is like a spell making an action so powerful yes i really do think when you're not in war what do you, we go we create that's that's what we're going to do that's what's happening um but for those people who aren't choosing war it's creation time and remember in war so much of what is created in war is just propaganda because they're in, people are invested in my side. I have to get people to think like me i have to people i have to get people to do what i believe is right so all the art that's created in that paradigm maybe not all but i would say the majority of art that's created in that paradigm it feels like it has some agenda behind it and it just it 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 takes away its power i think and really all it does is empower the ones who are already in that mindset very rarely does it convince other people sometimes it does because it is part of you know people switch sides they go back and forth but it's happening on both sides people who've been here their whole lives are going here and people who have been here all that their lives are going here and that's just part of like the balancing out but it ultimately doesn't say anything about what side is right or wrong. Thank you, Amanda. Yes, really helpful. Exactly what I need in this moment. Good. Loved getting to listen. Thank you, Amanda. I've been feeling the same. New uploads and upgrades are changing things for empaths to step into their power, anchoring in love into the new grids. Yep, it's going to be game changing. Yes. Amen, you guys. I'm so excited. I really thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for just caring enough to show up and to have these conversations. I I feel so grateful that there are people who are interested in all of this because it's my like highest excitement to be able to talk about this kind of stuff and share it. So I'm super grateful. Um, love you guys. And this will be available for three days. I'll also put it on my public channel. This is kind of the new way I'm doing this. And then it will go into my YouTube membership, the low, the lowest tier of my YouTube membership. So um, you have a few days to watch it if you're not in that. And yeah, share it with anyone that you think might need it as well. All right. Much love you guys. I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to dive deeper into your psychic creativity, check out my King of Wands workshop available on Thinkific. This audio course will help you dissolve your shadow contracts with the Lack Matrix, tap into your deepest psychic preference, learn how to give and revoke psychic permission, and unapologetically pivot your psychic energy out of lack and into abundance. This course is specifically designed to help you free your creative energy from lack. If you're interested in my YouTube content, classes, or any other ways to connect with me, check out the membership options and other links in the show notes. Have a beautiful day.